Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. The word succession may now be forever synonymous with the Machiavellian inner workings of the fictional Roy family, but succession comes in many guises and can affect us all, billionaires or not. The preparation of assets to be inherited by heirs, family members or others has been practised for centuries, and the accompanying taxes, duties or levies have long meant these are complicated matters. Whatever legacy you have to leave, failing to properly prepare to pass your assets to future generations can cause great disruption and difficulty. As the members of the warring Waystar Royco owning family know, it always pays to be one step ahead. And given that roughly 70% of ultra-high net worth families do not currently have a plan in place, how do you begin to plan a smooth succession and why is it important? We consider these topics and more in today's episode. I'm John Franklin. And I'm Grace Treston. And this is Wealth Insights, now part of Julius Baer's Beyond Markets podcast series. On today's episode of Wealth Insights, we are joined in the studio by Gabriele De Geralmo, Head of Wealth Planning Europe. You're very welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. Hi Grace, hi John, nice to be here. Thank you. And maybe we could start with a quick explanation of what your role actually entails. Sure. As well planners in Udisbear, uh, we provide holistic advice to our high net worth and ultra high net worth clients on how to structure, preserve, and one day transfer their wealth according to their wishes. Then depending on the country and uh, the specific situation, our advice can be focused on family office services, financial planning, wealth structuring, succession, um, retirement, or even philanthropic activities. My focus and the focus of my team is on European clients, uh, but we are part of a global organization and therefore we can always leverage our colleagues when the international aspect is relevant. And given that the greatest transfer of wealth in, in history is actually due to take place between generations in the next 25 years or so, could you please explain why it's important to have a succession or inheritance plan in place? Of course, there are many reasons to have a, a proper succession plan in place. But I would say that at the end is peace of mind. You really want to be sure that your beloved ones are properly taken care of and you also want to avoid conflicts. Avoiding conflicts, unfortunately, is a key element, especially when we have very large families. Okay, and considering um, that there is you know, a bigger volume of cash changing hands, does that kind of thing actually impact the approach that people may have for planning for the future? The approach is important, obviously, but we firmly believe that each client is unique and uh, also his situation. So I wouldn't use one approach in uh, any situation. One size fits all really does not work in well planning and for sure does not work when we talk about succession planning. Uh, I think that uh, we can look at also at the age of the people when we talk about succession planning, because usually people think that succession planning is a topic for older people. It is basically just, you know, how to dispose of your assets, how to transfer your assets to the next generation. 
in reality, succession planning is more than that, because succession planning is also the careful plan for emergencies, and that is obviously not strictly related to an age group. In reality, especially young families really need a succession plan. Let's take an example. A family uh, with minor children. In that situation, obviously, if the father, for example, uh, is an entrepreneur or is an executive, he may have a very high income. So the family lifestyle is strictly linked to the income that he is able to generate. But if something happens to him, then obviously the family will suffer. And um, I mean, for the example that you've just given, how would you recommend that um, those kind of situations are avoided? What would be your, your simple steps that you would advise in that case? I think look at the situation, look I mean, carefully and think that, I mean, you may have a plan in your mind, but then life happens and there are a lot of variables that you cannot control. So think even that an accident, for example, can happen and temporarily can limit, for example, your ability to work and, and therefore your ability to produce an income for your family. And aside from the more financial or administrational elements of succession, culture uh, can be very important in how you plan. Um, and we know it differs between country. For example, Grace wrote in the latest issue of Vision magazine, there was one Japanese temple building firm started in 578 and it became the oldest family-owned company in the world by changing traditional succession rules and thriving. So how important can the culture of where you live or operate be to the discussions around succession? I would say it is incredibly important. Uh, what we see often, for example, in my case, looking especially at European clients, often uh, the wealth is held by the pater or the mater familia, uh, who thanks to his or her ability, created the wealth, the fortune of the family, but obviously at one point, this fortune needs to be transferred to them, to the next generation. And uh, I think it is important that this is transferred in the right way, obviously, according to the wishes uh, of the clients, but also at the right time. I want to stress this point of timing. <laughs> the time is critical. I think that, especially when in the family, there is a, a business, for example. This is even uh, more important to have a bit of uh, a look at it. Because in reality, you can have, you know, within the family, for example, the perfect person that can take the leadership role uh, within the family, for the business, but he needs to be ready. So he can have the right character, uh, the right characteristics, but it needs to happen at the right time. I believe that very often um, family businesses failed because the person that was designated to be the heir of the business in reality took over the role too early. And sometimes this happens not because it was the plan, but just because something unexpected happened. And this person had the courage, obviously, to take on the role, but was too early and unfortunately failed. I can probably tell you a story in, uh, in this area. A few years ago, I met a, um, a person at a conference, uh, was an entrepreneur, very successful entrepreneur, probably in his mid seventies, I would say, 
incredibly energetic, very active person. I would love to be like him <laughs> at this age, still um, in the leadership position of his company, very friendly. We started talking and uh, he explained to me how he created his company. Uh, he was obviously very proud of it. And he also told me that, you know, one day, probably, obviously, he will uh, decide to do something else, but he does not want to sell his company. So, obviously, as a world planner, what you can expect, I asked the question, so you have a succession plan in place? And uh, he told me, uh, I have a nephew, I'm very lucky, and this nephew is great. It's just very smart, hardworking, the right character, he likes to talk about business, I think it is really the right person. So I was very interested and I started asking a few more questions. I said, is he already involved in the business? And he told me, not yet, he's a student. So I pictured in my mind a person probably in his 25, perhaps doing a master to specialize in some areas of the business. And he told me, no, 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 he's 16. So, okay, <laughs> I stopped a second and uh, I looked at him and because it was very friendly and there was a good chemistry, uh, I smiled and I asked, but would he be ready today? Obviously, he started laughing and uh, he told me, of course not, it is too early. So why I talk to you about this story? Because I think that is quite common. You know, this person had a plan in his mind probably a good plan and I really wish him that everything goes according to his plan and this nephew will take over you know the leadership role and will do extremely well but as we know you know <laughs> life happens and especially uh, for a person that is so young I mean we don't know in the next five ten years he can even change his mind so I think there is a lot of wisdom in those words that say hope for the best prepare for the worst I think that's very true. And for example, what might have been two avenues there? Would the advice have been for the entrepreneur to look for alternative successes? Or is it in your mind a better approach to start educating the 16-year-old about the company straight away? Uh, I think that you probably touched two important points. Uh, one is for sure. I mean, as soon as you can start educate a person, a coach a person, better it is especially when we talk about businesses, because also you want to test if this person really liked that word uh, and is the right fit. So I think it's, uh, it's perfect, your, uh, your approach. But as I said, I mean, I don't really have formula to solve uh, this kind of uh, problems. You really need to sit with the person, analyze the situation, uh, ask also sometimes some difficult questions and uh, work together. Uh, on a possible solution. As you said, especially if there is uh, a young person, perhaps you need to have a backup plan, perhaps with somebody else that you trust within the business that could potentially lead the company until this person is ready. That makes sense. Now, if we look at some of the things that are making life more difficult for planning when you are uh, of high net worth or one of the wealthy families that we look after at the bank, you know, they are more international today than they were previously. They now have more complexity in their lives. How does that affect the way that they approach estate planning? And is it something that will continue to change? You're putting your finger uh, on a critical point. Families are more and more international now, but there is a 
a point uh, that I think that sometimes is overlooked. So it's quite common now to find families uh, with uh, many family members living in different countries, uh, businesses in different countries. Uh, perhaps they decide to move from one country to another one. So for instance, you can have a Belgian family that live today in, uh, in Paris, in France. They have some business operations in other countries. Their children study in uh, London. They have a vacation home in uh, Spain where they spend uh, their um, summer holidays. And perhaps one day they want to retire in, in Italy, in Tuscany. Okay, fantastic. I mean, it, it may look I mean, a, a very nice story, but there is a lot of complexity there. And when you have connections with multiple jurisdictions, one of the key points is to avoid conflicting laws. And this is especially important when we talk about succession planning. Uh, for example, many civil law countries have forced hardship rules. What it means? It means that at the end of the day, you are not fully free to dispose of your estate. Uh, you know, the law says that a portion of your estate must go usually, you know, to the closer family members, the spouse and the children. Other countries like, uh, for example, uh, England have really testamentary freedoms means that you can freely choose, obviously, subject to certain provisions for family and dependents. So these differences are very important. And when multiple jurisdictions are involved, you need to be aware of it. And when you craft your succession plan, you need to be really careful in order that your wishes can be really met. And aside from the example of England that you've mentioned there, Gabriele, we obviously have a large presence in Latin America, in the Middle East, in Asia. These are culturally very diverse locations. Are there any specifics that you or your colleagues note uh, on the way that you approach discussions in these regions? Uh, yes, of course. I mean, we see uh, different trends uh, across, across the globe. Uh, and obviously the international aspect is not specific of European clients. When I talk to my colleagues uh, covering the uh, Asian markets, uh, they tell me that now one of the emerging trends is that ultra high net worth families decide to set up their own single family office to manage professionally their wealth. Uh, in the Middle East, asset structuring and the liquidity planning are definitely in focus. Uh, when I talk to my colleagues covering um, Latin American countries, they always tell me security and protection is priority one. But at the end of the day, uh, the common theme that we see is really this international uh, aspect. And this is really uh, not specific of a single region and obviously is especially important to high net worth families and ultra high net worth families. Returning to the idea that 70% of ultra high net worth families uh, may be without a succession plan, um, which, which John mentioned, in this situation is it ever too late to start and how would they go about starting to plan? I have a simple answer, no. <laughs> it's, uh, it's never too late. You can start anytime. 
but in this area, the sooner the better. I think an advice, a suggestion, let's say, uh, could be the following. Look at your situation and test if you are really aware of what can happen to obviously to your, uh, to your wealth, to your business, to your family, if something unexpected happens to you or to a member of your family. I think that this is usually a wake-up call because sometimes people are not aware of how their asset will be distributed, for example, in which portions and so on. So it is very important to look at it, step back and say, okay, am I happy with that? Because if the answer is yes, well, probably, you know, uh, you, you may need to have a look at your succession plan in the future again, but probably, you know, the situation does not require any immediate action. But if you look at it and you don't like what you see, and you probably need to be a bit courageous and ask some difficult questions also to yourself, because as I said before, it is not only a matter of distributing your estate. It's also the careful plan for emergency. So think for a second, if an accident happens, if temporarily you are incapacitated, for example, who has access to your wealth, who, in, in case that you have a leadership position in your company, who can manage the company in your absence? You need to ask these questions. And um, ideally, you, you get also advice for somebody that has experience in uh, this area, uh, that is competent, that can also trigger probably some questions that now are not in your mind. Perhaps they will put you a bit in difficulty at the moment. But as I said, usually it's a wake-up call. You see it, and if you see something that you don't like it, it's time to act. What we advise uh, our clients to do is always start with a global wealth overview, which basically means look at your situation, uh, look at your assets, wherever they are, uh, financial assets, real estate assets, business, collections, everything. Look at the situation of your family, uh, where they are, or if they want to move from one country uh, to another one. Then have a clear picture, look at it, and then involve competent advisors that can help you, they can guide you, they can show you some options. Then you craft your plan, and then there is another step. It's not essential. You don't need this step, but we highly advise uh, to follow also this step. That is, align the plan with the stakeholders, family members or business partners. Why? Because as we said, you, know, you really want to avoid conflicts. Then, last step, review the plan. When you have to review the plan, of course, if there is any change in the law that obviously can uh, make your plan a bit obsolete, of course, but also if there is any relevant change in uh, the structure of your family, of your wealth, or of your business. And do you think the approach differs in any way depending on the age of those at the heads of these families or when there are multiple generations to consider? Usually uh, for younger uh, families, for younger people, uh, one of the main focus is how to protect the family and obviously especially if they have uh, minor children. Um, if we look at situation where there are multiple, uh, multiple uh, sorry, gen generations involved, 
they are probably the focus is on avoiding conflict. So for uh, younger families, let's say, um, one of the main focus is protecting the families. If we look at um, families uh, a bit older and uh, many generations involved, avoiding conflict is key. At the end, unfortunately, is a reality that people and uh, family members tend to fight over inheritances. I mean, we have all read the stories, also very famous people at war for inheritance. Uh, and this probably can be avoided with a very well-prepared plan. No, it's definitely advisable to avoid conflict, but unfortunately it makes for good television. Um, now, for our listeners, Gabriele, we do like to offer some key wealth insights that they can take away from each episode. So what would you say of all that we've spoken about today are the most vital elements of succession planning that people should take note of? Of course. I would say, first of all, sorry if I repeat myself, but I think it's important. When you look at succession plan, don't think just about how to dispose of your estate, how to transfer your estate to the next generation or to whoever you want. It is more than that. It is also the careful plan for emergencies. And for this reason, as we said, it is important for many age groups, we can say. Secondly, uh, the other topic that we discussed today is the risk of conflicts within the law. And this is especially relevant when multiple jurisdictions are involved. Then, uh, probably follow those simple steps that I would like to summarize as start with a global wealth overview, get a clear picture of your situation, look at it. If you are happy of the consequences in the absence of a conscious plan, probably okay for the moment, but if you are not involved expert, competent expert in this area, they can help you, guide you, and uh, create your own specific plan, then align with stakeholders, family members, uh, business partners to avoid conflicts, and then review. And uh, review any time that there is any important change in your specific situation, wealth, family, business. One of the situations uh, that is very important to consider is if you des decide to move to another country, because you may have created the perfect plan with the perfect solution in the first country, but when you move to another one, it may not work. For example, there are certain solutions that are incredibly well established in certain countries, but this does not mean that those advantages in that country are also applicable in the new one. So be careful about that. I know uh, it's, it's a lot of work, but it depends, you know, uh, it can be complex, especially when you have two or three generations involved, multiple jurisdictions, uh, business activities. Obviously, in that case, you know, preparing a good succession plan can take some time. But I have also a good news. I mean, if you just do the, the first steps, you will also get a lot of value. I probably just want to leave with a final tip. Just if you don't want to do anything of that, just do this tiny step. Prepare an emergency folder. What is an emergency folder? It's a folder where you basically collect 
information and documentation that is very relevant, very important in case an emergency happened, you know, like the name suggests. And it, it's just basically, you know, um, a folder with uh, different parts. And we sometimes uh, suggest our clients to start doing that. We work together with them. And obviously when you do that, uh, you probably will realize that some informations are missing. Uh, some uh, uh, pieces of the puzzle are not there because obviously you're expected to have, I don't know, power of attorney, last will, uh, insurance policies, uh, medical provisions, etc. So start just doing that. It's very simple uh, and can really help your family because at the end of the day, uh, you don't want to add further stress to them in a difficult situation. And let's be clear, this is not a succession plan, but it's a small step that can stimulate some reflection uh, on future planning, also considering you know, your specific situation in the area of succession planning and managing emergencies. Thank you so much, Gabriele, for sharing your insights with us today. And also thank you to our listeners at home. John and I will be back soon with another episode of Julius Bear's Wealth Insights. But in the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. From all of us here in Zurich, thank you for tuning in and goodbye for now. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Bear. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Bear, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbear.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.